It is I, Hope Giselle, Hope Disguised, and I am coming at you all for yet another week of Can We Talk podcast, okay? I'm super excited about the guests that I have today, and yes, I said yes, okay, as in plural and not singular this week. We have an amazing couple who happens to be my friends, and they also happen to be trans, and when I say they, I do mean the both of them, um, and so I want you all to welcome in Miss Jessica and Mr. Alex, and I just have one question to ask you both before we get started, which is, can we talk? Absolutely. Ooh, we are ready to talk, girl. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We, we ready. We ready. <laughs> we stay ready. You know what? I'll have, I'll have the energy to even go there. Y'all make it so easy to do that. <laughs> so, first and foremost, I think that, let, like, let's, let's get the, the elephant out of the room, right? Um, so you all are a trans couple. You're not the first trans couple to ever exist. Uh, contrary to popular belief, this is a normal thing. This is a thing that happens. People fall in love despite body parts. Oh my God. Wow. That happens. Um, but yes, it does. And I, I'm like, I, I just want to first, I, I think uh, I, I, there's questions. God damn it. Okay. Uh, there's questions. <laughs> Um, one at a time, girl. one at a time. Right. I, in my mind, I'm just like jumping off of several ledges and trying not to die. Um, oh, God. <laughs> that escalated. That escalated really quickly, and I have to be very careful about the puns that I use these days. Uh, but, yeah. How, okay, so how did we, how did we meet, right? We, we know that we're in love, but before we were in love, how did, how did the, how did the initial meeting happen? Honestly, um, connecting through mutual friends through social media is what brought us together because we lived 800 miles away not that long ago. Um, so yay for our network of friends and the powers that be through social media. That uh, <laughs> uh, Jessica is the one that sent a, a friend request first, so shout out to Jessica. <laughs> You know, you know. You know, uh, we started talking through, um, we messaged for like two days straight through Snapchat um, before I finally asked for her number. I, I didn't want to wait too soon, but I think two days might have been. <laughs> I could have waited before, the, or I could have asked before then. It was kind of um, longer than that, though, because I had added you, like, before we really started, like, talking, and we added each other to... It was Facebook first, and then, like, we exchanged Snapchat information. Oh, or no, right. not even. I think it was just on your Facebook, and I think I just added you. But mm -hmm. after that, I, like, yeah. you had responded to a few stories a few times. And at this time, like, I was in that zone. Like, I was like, I am so sick and tired of, you know, men. They're all the same. Like, I was going through my my feelings, and so I was like, I'm not interested in, like, I was like kind of, I was very distant from all men. I was just like kind of to myself. So 
he would like respond and to like stuff and it wasn't like stereotypical like oh you're so you know like um I'm so interested in like all of this stuff like it was just like friendly responses just like oh you're so funny or like you know I would just be acting silly and crazy and he would like respond to those and stuff like that and so eventually I decided to respond and um Mm, like our first yeah we (laughs) had like a really deep talk through snapchat that was like our first serious talk Mind you, this man was living in Kentucky, of all places. I did not know anything about Kentucky. Like, I always would skip that state in my head. But he lived in Kentucky, and, you know, I'm in, I'm in Houston, Texas. So we just had, like, a really serious talk, and it was like we just kind of realized we were able to relate on a lot of things, just, just talking. And it wasn't – there was no intention to necessarily date at that time. There was no intention to, it was just a friendship. We were able to connect yeah. on things on like a friendship level. And then from there, it started to build because we didn't have this like, you know, it, I feel like previously a lot of times that I went, when I was dating someone, like that was the intention right away. Like I was like, okay, you're attractive and let's date. And then, you know, it was just like that. It wasn't like, let's take things a little slower. Let's get to know each other. Let's get to talk and kind mm-hmm. of see how things are and then decide if that's something that we want to do. And so I think that really helped build like a really strong foundation for our yeah, relationship. Yeah, I really did because we didn't have like any pressures, uh, like she was saying of, okay, so this person's interested in, in me, so I can't show any flaws. Like I have to be mm. X, Y, and Z. Um, so us being goofy and uh, me showing my nerdy side from day one, um, Alex, you can't hide that, babe. You cannot okay. hide that. <laughs> I was gonna say you're inherently a nerd, Alex. Really yeah, I can't even help it. And then uh, just like her thinking that like my country, I don't, I don't even think that I have a country accent, but just like my country ways, I guess, was cute to her. It's just like we didn't have to try to be anything that we weren't because like we both already knew that each other was trans, and then we just literally from day one we're just trying to get to know each other and just being friends and that was also beautiful to kind of spin off of that like I know dating especially here in the south like a lot of times like if I would meet guys through dating apps or something like that and like I I didn't necessarily have to talk with them yet or like they didn't know or they didn't understand it was like I felt like it was like so exhausting to have to like go through that with in every different situation and Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Alex and I had kind of spoke a little bit about like a lot of times when he was dating, um, you know, he was kind of the first one. He was kind of the first face that, you know, since trans men unfortunately don't have as much visibility, he he was kind of the first one that was known a lot of the time whenever also he was living dating. in the middle of nowhere. Right. right. <laughs> so also, it's like right. people don't. So, know yeah. that trans men even exist and so I didn't have to mm-hmm. break down um any preconceived notions that people had about trans people because right. they didn't even know that trans guys existed so I was like right. the first there everything they were hearing from me was new information it wasn't um breaking right. down anything bad right and then with me you know I mean I had different experiences but you know it was like I had to kind of fight against all of the preconceived notions that society had put towards trans women like us always being the butt of the joke and us always 
you know, all, all of those things that come with uh, that society feels is associated with trans women and, you know, men questioning their sexuality and all of that kind of stuff. It was like a constant thing that I had to continue to like fight against, I felt. Unless men had a lot of experience um, with trans women and a lot of times it was not, it, and yeah, it was a different, a, a different type of experience, not in the sense that they wanted necessarily a relationship outside of like sexual relations. And so it was mm -hmm. like, it was, I was like having to fight all of these different preconceived notions of like who I should be or what, what I should be interested in. But we didn't so have to do it that with really each nice other. To have to do that with each other, yeah. So at what point was, because you guys said there was no like inherent need to be together. So at what point was it like, you know what, I do like you, you are attractive. I want to talk about taking these next steps, let alone, you know, making the decision to move 800 miles um, to be with right. her. You know, like when, when did we jump ship from really good friends, confidants, giggle buddies to like we're gonna do this we're gonna be together giggle buddies i like it Ooh, um, um i don't know if there's like an exact date because it was just kind of us talking as much as we could um whether it was just texting or um facetiming as much and then like from that it just kind of grew this like natural attraction towards each other um to where we wanted to be like finally meet in person um take over jessica <laughs> well yeah i don't want to tell I the mean, whole story i kind of i i do i do agree um there wasn't kind of like one specific time that i remember like it was like okay this is it like we need to move into this i feel like it was all just very natural and mm -hmm. we both had kind of we both had opened up very very early about just like you know um previous like trauma and previous issues and stuff that we had like dealt with from previous relationships and so like I guess within like that kind of talking and like having a mutual understanding of some of those things and then um continuing to get along and then Alex was actually he had a top surgery scheduled um and it was in Dallas which I had to drive oh well I'm kind of skipping but he had <laughs> yeah I'm already like getting to the point, but he had a top surgery that was scheduled in Dallas and we had already been talking for, how long was it? Like It was like a couple of months. Yeah, by this point we were talking every single day, FaceTiming, texting, Snapchatting, like all everything for a couple of months. And then he had his top surgery scheduled in Dallas. So he was, how long did you stay there? Uh, I was, and uh, technically I had surgery in Plano, but uh, I spent most of my stay in Fort Worth and I was there for 10 days. I had my boobs done in Plano. I used to live in Plano. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Dr. Doolin. Yeah, did you go to Dr. Doolin? No, I went to Dr. Obeyed, but Dr. Doolin was my first choice. I just ended up not going to him because his breast work wasn't as good as his top surgery work, so. Oh, yeah, Alex had done like a lot of research and that's just how he is in general with like everything. He likes to research every little thing before, well, mm -hmm. obviously that's a huge decision. I know a lot of people do that, but right. he's like that right. about even like the smallest things. Right. But anyway, um, 
so yeah, he was uh, there. And then that weekend, I was actually helping um, a group of kids like do their runway walk. I was helping like create a show like for kids, um, like ages like five up to like, I think the oldest was like 17. And so I was kind of like helping put put together a little show and I had to meet with them like every weekend. And so I was like, you know, I worked throughout the whole week and during this weekend that you're going to be here, like I have this thing that I have to do, but I, I would only have like maybe a day to, to come up there. But like, you know, I want to, I want to go there because, you know, he was talking about how like he, he had a friend that would be able to kind of pop in and stuff, but he, for the most part, he was doing this, like, by himself, and I wanted to show him some type of support, you know, like, I was, like, if I was going through a surgery, and I was in a new state, and a new space, even though he had been in Texas before, um, you know, for something so major, like, just having as much support as I could would, you know, help console me, and so I was, like, I want to, you know, provide him, provide that to him, and I actually, I have a video recorded of this uh, FaceTime that I told him that I was going to be able to go. There's no vid- there's no audio, but I'm you can emotional. see, like, yeah, you Here can we see go. him, like, lighting up and, like, him getting so excited. And he's, his little nerdy, his little nerdy <laughs> self, it was cute. Um, yeah. I think that was, was like, the turning around. point. Yeah, and, I think that in was our going back relationship like, we're, from friends we're gonna invest, to yeah, we're gonna invest, we're gonna date. Like, uh huh. Right. See, you said yeah. oh, there wasn't a date. There wasn't a specific. Look at me. Look at help being Oprah, helping you guys figure out the time. Okay. <laughs> yes, help us figure you out. You get a healthy moment. relationship. You get a healthy relationship. Yeah, we forget uh, these aha moments. Right. <laughs> but that was the turning point for me, and like me wanting. Well, I kind of. I was like, I want her to be my girlfriend and like, I'm feeling it. And like, I know, like as much as we talk, I feel like this is like a match made in heaven, but I know it's a little soon to be talking like that. But like, it's just, I don't have to like explain my existence. I don't have to do trans one-on-one with her because like, she's, uh, she's an activist in the community too. So it's like, we just bond on so many different levels. Uh, Even if it doesn't relate to anything trans related, we just get along in general. Um, but the turning point was just that selfless act of her only having one day free between her 40-hour work week and then her weekend obligations with modeling. She had one day to spend with me, and she spent it driving three hours to spend the night with me when I was one day post-op. And I don't uh, have a lot, of, a lot of my family support. And so, like, that was really on my mind that I just went through this major surgery, and uh, my family wasn't there for me. But Jessica made a way to drive up there to spend the night with me to drive the three hours back the very next morning and that just meant so much to me that she would do that to um so when she just met that was our first time meeting so I was like all right yep she's the one this is it I'm saying it I'm speaking it into existence like she did not have to do that babe I'm getting emotional as you said Okay, because on Candy Talk, we get the exclusive, goddammit, okay, we buy <laughs> the tears away into the comments, okay. <laughs> okay. But I, I, to me, I think that that's beautiful because you have a lot of people who don't understand that 
LGBT love, let alone trans love, is a thing because they think that our community is just full of psychedelic drugs and, you know, a bunch of queer folks having sex with each other all the time. Um, yeah. And so it's really awesome to be able to hear stories from people who are doing things like this. Like, nobody thinks that there are trans people having love stories like this, you know, like, and, and mm-hmm. you know, really getting to know each other and becoming friends and not meeting at a bathhouse or something stupid. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it's just... I feel like we even had to combat that within ourselves because we had only dated cis people before mm-hmm. we started dating each other. And so, like, we kind of had this idea um, from just a lack of representation that we ultimately were going to end up with cis people and have to do trans 101 every day for the rest of our lives with them. Um, yeah, that was something we had. We didn't really realize until we end up with each other that, like, when you're with someone who's trans, that you don't have to do that. You don't have to explain your existence. You don't have to um, talk about the... Um, what am I trying to say? The importance uh, of, mm, I just lost it. Well, the uh, uh, epidemic of black trans women being yeah. murdered. You don't have to explain why that's an epidemic, why that's important, why trans rights are important, why we should be a part of the conversation, even when it comes to reproductive systems. Um, because that affects trans men. So, like, we don't have to explain that because we already know we're a part of the community. Right, and I want to say that I feel like this has been um, such an affirming experience of not only, like, our identities, but of also, like, affirming that, like, the goal at the end of the day is to not be a cishet, like, we're, we're not... The, oh, the goal is not to be you. We have our own life. We have our own stuff and we're happy with what we're doing. It doesn't have to look like what you want it to look like. It doesn't have to be what you want it to be. I felt like, especially living in the South, I can speak for myself. There was such a pressure to, of like so many things, especially being a woman, you know, having to hurry up and find someone and get married and start a family and, you know, kind of do, there was like all of these just like added pressures. And so I remember I was like stressing myself out to try to find this like perfect, perfect thing that looked like everybody else wanted it to look like and what everybody else wanted it to be. And I'm like, I mean, while I, while I was interested somewhat in those things, I wasn't interested in rushing into it. Like I felt the pressure to do that. Um, And I mean, even being in, in like these spaces together and going to like, trans affirming spaces and talking with people and being so open like I feel like I've learned that like we don't have to strive to be anything cis we don't have to Mm -hmm. strive to have a relationship that you know with a cis person or we don't have to strive ourselves to to always cis like we we can be affirmed in being trans and be happy with being trans and like what that means to us and to our community at the end of the day. Like, we're not here to satisfy y'all, you know? This is not the standard. It is not, but what I, because there was something that Alex said that made me want to ask the question surrounding, okay, so it's it's you all's um, idea that you were going to have to 
um, you know, just kind of do trans one-on-one every day is like, you know, you ended up with cis people because that's the assumption, right? You know, you're trans, you end up with a person that's cis, and then you have this beautiful story to tell everybody about how they overcame the idea of being with a trans person. But what is it like when you're a trans person that has to overcome the idea of being with a trans person because of social stuff, right? Um, I think that that's the part that people don't understand and don't get is that not only are the cis people confused, but there are a bunch of people within the community that are like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah, why do you transition if you're just going to end up with the other gender anyway? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. 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 So how, um, how are you all dealing with, because I know that that's not like, a, oh, how did you, how did you deal? That's not past tense. That's like every day, I'm assuming somebody might say something stupid in the comments or like people make ignorant statements without realizing that they're ignorant. So like, how, how are you all combating that as a couple and how do you hold each other up through that? Ooh, Jessica, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I think those are some like great questions. And I think about like, um you know like alex had stated earlier i believe it this was both of our first time dating someone trans and we had both heard things even within the community within Mm -hmm. our own communities about dating someone trans and how it didn't seem like it was an option um or like oh no like i think honestly for me i felt like it would have been less affirming to date someone else trans um before previously for some reason I had this idea like for me to be completely affirmed in who I am I need to be with a cis man and prove that I'm just like any Any other woman Mm -hmm. and so I think that I think that was something that like I had to overcome was like wait, why am I like stressing myself out and putting myself in potentially dangerous situations and, you know, all of this stuff to try to like have like, I don't know, it was something that like to have this goal for, for what other people would expect of me. I think, I think I went from a place of like, before transitioning, living for other people's expectations. And then even afterwards, in a sense, like I felt also somewhat of a pressure to like, all right, well, if you're going to be a woman, this is what being a woman looks like. This is who you're going to date. This is what you have to do. And while I've felt pretty comfortable in a binary, you know, um, I mean, binary is a little bit different, but I'm just speaking generally, like, even though I felt pretty comfortable in a lot of things that people say, this is what a woman has to do. Like, I think this has been an experience where it was like, you know what, I'm attracted to this man. He's very sweet. He's very nice. And I'm going to challenge all of these barriers that people have tried to put on me and that I've put on myself. And I'm going to just see how I feel with him and like, if I feel happy with him. And so it was like, for me, it was kind of this moment, these moments of just like, he makes me happy. He makes me feel good. He makes me um he makes me feel affirmed even you know like I I always thought like you know well babe stop um and so I think for me that was kind of like me you know kind of I guess battling or challenging some of those ideas that I've heard from other people in the trans or outside of the trans community um 
So that's my answer to that, babe. You can go ahead and go next. Uh, I am also going to piggyback. Um, and I think you saying that um, we're both pretty binary was relevant to both of us. Um, like the pressures of like being a binary trans person and then like idolizing cis people from day one. Like for me, idolizing cis guys be like, okay, I need to be as close to them as possible for me to feel um, like I'm 100% a man and all of this stuff, like I have to settle down with a cis woman and um, there's like all these pressures. Um, but I think what's different with Jessica is I never like saw her being trans as like a hindrance to us being together. Like I never saw it as a bad thing um, because like she was saying, I was, when I saw Jessica, I was like, she she's really really attractive she's attracted to me um and we never i've never had such deep conversations even with people i've been with for years i've never got to like such a deep level to where we're talking about our past traumas and just family stuff and past relationships like getting down to the nitty-gritty of our personal foundations but sharing it with each other and just being so vulnerable um but then also like the comfort of being with someone who's trans, like I can talk about anything related to my transition and like know that she is 100% gonna support me, affirm me. Like if I ever wanted to get any more surgeries, she would affirm me and and vice versa. Um, because I know that no matter what I do, she's not gonna see me as less of a man. And no matter what she does, I'm not gonna see her as less than because she's a perfect woman for me. Baby. Oh my Ooh. god, y'all are too, y'all are too much. Y'all are, are I'm gonna go get me a man, okay? I'm a, and so, but you know what? Here's a problematic thing because I know people that are listening to this are gonna be like, uh uh, ho, you said you don't like trans men, so let's talk about it, right? Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a live show where uh, I was just talking, I can't remember what the original topic of. Oh, I do remember what the original topic was. The original topic was, um, I was talking about the idea of when cis men, particularly black ones, because I'm a black woman, and not saying mm -hmm. that black men are the only people in my dating pool, but I'm a little bit more, you know, adjacent to black men, so it happens a lot more often. Um, mm -hmm. And so I was talking about how I don't necessarily buy the excuses that cis black men give when they turn down trans women because i think that a lot of it is steeped in transphobia and being taught that these things make you less of a man and, and just not wanting to have your masculinity questioned and all of those things and within the comments there was a trans man who was just like oh so you know why don't you deal with um you know trans men why not just try trans men and it wasn't that I'm against it or that I haven't tried, but the situations that I've been in that I've tried, I just have not enjoyed for several reasons. Um, I find some, well, most of the trans men that I had dated, they had been very aggressive and I'm not really into um, aggressive men, whether you be cis or trans or whatever. I'm, I just, I like soft boys. That's what my um, ex refers to himself as, which I love uh -huh. the term. Um, you know, it's very much so like, you know, masculinity defined by the person and not by the stereotype of what the world says masculinity is. And so I, I love that. And I love, you know, artistic flower child, flower crown wearing, Coachella going, um, you know, short, sporting, 
<laughs> you know, like Siri, like, you know, just like, I, I, I enjoy those types of men. And so a lot of trans men, like Alex was saying before, they tend to fall into the binary really easily and quickly because it's like, well, to be a man, I have to be all of these things. And usually they adapt the most toxic things from masculine culture. For preaching, literally and, preaching. And so it's like, that was one of the things for me that didn't work. But the thing that set everybody off was that I was like, you know, just for me within the last, you know, couple of years or so, the masculinity that I'm attracted to happens to be um, cis men because of the sexual aspect, because I, I don't like, I'm a size queen. It's like a self-proclaimed thing for me. It's like a thing. And so like, that's a whole a deal. And then I'm also, um, I'm also very ignorant in my own views around the way that I want to be able to please my partner. And I just don't feel like I could please a trans man um, fully in that way, which is why I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to even do that because I don't want to waste anybody's time. Because one of my biggest things is that if you, you can stimulate everything about me like on a roundabout way, but intimately, if it doesn't work, then ultimately we have a problem. Um, and some people got the point that I was trying to make while other people were just like, mm -hmm. nope, you got me fucked up. You're transphobic as shit, Hope. I hate you now. No, so, um, that's not transphobic. That's your preference. Like, you just, should be able to be happy all the way around the board. Like, right, um, right. I feel like that perception would change if you found like a trans man that you're just head over heels with. Um, because for me, um, I have never been intimate with um, anyone other than a cis woman. And so like Jessica's like completely new experience all the way around the board. And so if I let that stop me when we had such a great thing going, then, exactly. um, then society won and I didn't win. And then, um, so just like I, for me, I'm really glad that I did not let that stop me, that I uh, am inexperienced or whatever, because we just, at the end of the day, we just end up having a conversation about what each other likes and just that, being open about it. That works in everybody's, uh, you know, situation. And what I want to make very clear for the, for the viewers or the listeners or whatever out there, um, before I start any of my shows, I always ask my guests like things that we're not going to talk about, things that we don't touch on, but I want to make it very specific because I think that this is also one of those things that trickles into the comments. Um, and I just want you all to be respectful of my friends because they're not just guests on my podcast. Like, you know, I talk to them and we, we support each other outside of this and yeah. we're respectfully going to respect that their sexual space is their sexual space and that we're not digging into that. So even in the comments, please don't ask us how we have know, sex. Please do not. Don't ask any <laughs> trans people how they have sex, but please. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, but it's just, I, I, but I do like the idea that the point is not allowing yourself to be guided by society, social order, or binary systems, right? When it comes to love and when it comes to having mm -hmm. those experiences, because you're absolutely right. Like my point behind that wasn't that, you know, trans men are off the table. It's just that I have not found a trans man that has truly ignited me in a way that I need to be for me to say, you know what, I don't mm -hmm. give a shit what happens. <laughs> like I, you, right. just need to, <laughs> like, you just need to be in the room and then we will make it work. <laughs> um, but <it's, laughs> I, 
there there's so many layers or there were so many layers to that conversation and there was one woman who actually had a trans boyfriend um who wasn't jessica <laughs> who was on the the feed and she kind of said that for her it was a weird um experience at first but she allowed her heart to guide her um mm -hmm. with loving the person and then adjusting to whatever happened or whatever was necessary to cultivate that love so jessica this one is like for you how do you do do, do you feel like that was because you had only dated cis men and we just got through talking to our uh, speaking to the idea that you were saying like you felt like to be affirmed in your womanhood which is something that i think all trans women at some point go through um we have to have this cis man we have to have this not only cis man but we have to have this cis man that exudes masculinity from the second he walks in the door um you know whether it's toxic or not we just have to have this big machismo thing on our arm so that all the other girls can say, oh, Jessica's got a piece of trash. She's real fish now. Um, like, do you think right. that, like, that was something that you had to combat for yourself when you started to really realize like, I'm falling for this man and he is not any of the things that society says that I should be with? I mean, yeah, I definitely felt like it was something that I had thought about even before like dating Alex like I'd never had like you know seriously dated or you know thought about really being um in a relationship or intimate with a trans man really before him and I I mean I I had thought about it a bit um but every time it was just kind of like I'm not sure if that's something that I would be able to do if that I'm not sure and I think with Alex like I said we completely both of us started in like a similar place of like not dating anybody trans before and we have had open conversations about like how at, at like different points in our life like it if we would have met at a different time it wouldn't be realistic that we would have been together because we weren't ready for that at that time so we both have been very open about that discussion um even like before we got in a relationship i asked like if we were to become serious do you you know do you ever think that you would miss cis people and you know and we've had like really deep conversations like about that stuff so we've been extremely open and i think that's something that made me feel a little bit um better about it and also the fact like how you were talking earlier about the whole trans men and carrying this toxic masculinity um and feeling like that you know having to present so masculine and some of the worst ways at times, um, he kind of stated that a, a really good thing about being trans is that he gets to choose the type of man that he wants to be. And so he's very intentional about how he moves throughout spaces. And that was something that was really important to me. So I had to really sit back and I had to think about like, what do I want out of a man? And I, I mean, he has, he has, things that I want in a man, like regardless, right? And so I think the whole idea, I mean, there are differences with dating someone trans, of course, like there's there's gonna be differences um, um, with that. And there was something earlier that you had stated about like, you know, cis men and, you know, I mean, I'm sure all of us have been through it where there have been cis men that have rejected us for, I remember specifically, I thought back to this guy 
that I was talking to for a while. I had met him online as well. We were, he, um, he was in the military, I believe. And he was uh, stationed somewhere else, but he would like travel to um, where I was living often. And so we had been talking for a few months and like, I felt like he was checking off all the boxes. And at this point I had not talked to him about who I was, but I wanted him to just get to know me and not, not have, not tie me to the preconceived notions of, of what happens. Right. And so obviously we hadn't been physically intimate or anything at this time, but we were talking. And then whenever I, whenever I spoke with him about it, I remembered that the way that he just kind of changed and he just shut down and cut everything off. And I had already started to become emotionally invested in him. And I remember thinking like he was able to, to just close me off and kind of how that made me feel and how that made me just think about, um, I guess how I like, went into spaces in the future and like Alex checks off you know all of these boxes that I want in a man and I couldn't I couldn't put him through that because of other people's expectations of how who I should be with to be affirmed um so I think it was me just kind of sitting with my previous experiences and my experiences with him and like realizing that like, you know, we haven't really experienced that that toxic masculinity because he's been extremely intentional in that. So I didn't get any anything from, from that end. Um, so I don't know, it was kind of just a lot. Like you were saying, it's very complex. So I thought about things on different levels, but at the end of the day, I looked at him as someone that I was able to share um, intimate experiences with and someone who, someone who made me feel good at the end of the day. And I feel like when I talk about this, like a lot of people try to put us in a space of like sexual fluidity, um, which we've both also discussed that we identify as solely being attracted to the other gender. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's a whole other, a whole other layer. It's a layer that we can slice, but I do, I don't want to graze over this very important conversation that I think you presented to the people, Jessica, which is, you know that there are going to be a bunch of folks that heard that last portion of the conversation and say, well, why didn't you tell that man before? You should have said something. That's your fault that you were hurt. Um, oh, God. And, trash people. Jeez. But you know what? To some extent, I'm a trash person because I remember <laughs> being... No, 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 no. I, and I'm, you guys know I, I, I like to keep it 110% because I like to learn. Um, but I also like to be very candid because I think that there's enough people that get on their platform and tell people what they want to hear and try to be liked and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I think that the reason that people like me is because I'm not trying to be liked. I'm just trying to say, speak my piece. And sometimes people are going to like it and other times people won't. And that's okay. And we can have differences of opinions and still be, you know, decent to each other and still love each other. And that's okay. 
Um, but I remember living in Texas and I have a good sister, Jade. I love Jade Lenore. Um, and I remember telling her about my dating endeavors. And I was like, sis, you know, I'm doing this whole online dating thing and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, as soon as a guy responds, the first thing I tell him before I even say hi back, I'm like, I'm trans. And Jade had that same sort of idea that uh, Jessica had. And she was just like, well, sis, maybe you should try, like, letting him get to know you and, you know, like, not, like, you know, the first message. You know, like, maybe you should just really, like, let him get a chance to figure out who Hope is and then tell him. But I had seen too many situations like Jessica's where it's like, I don't say it and I'm emotionally invested in this person. They are so stuck with like toxic masculinity and machismo and all these things that they have to hold on to that they completely emotionally disconnect from me. And now I have to put myself back together for the next two months only to go through this entire thing all over again. Not to say that was my experience, but those are the experiences that I watched happen. And I did not want that to happen to me because emotionally, I can't take it, right? I've had four good relationships in my life and every single one of them has been like a toll and two of them like broke me when they were done. And so I just can't, emotionally, I cannot put myself through that where it's like Jessica was saying like this person is checking off all the boxes you're like oh my god yes you're telling your girlfriends about it you're you know like mm -hmm. writing little hearts on your notebook you're saving pictures in your phone and then up and one day you tell him this one piece of information and it goes from I love you I love you I love you I can't wait to see you I'm gonna do this that and the third for you I would cross hell and the earth back you know to get to you and then it's just like oh mm, you're one of those uh -huh. and part of me is a trash person not for the reason that you know most cis people are going to be trash and be thinking this but part of me is a trash person because i'm just like why would you want to put yourself through that that was my thing it's like i don't want to put myself through that and and thinking that somebody's amazing only to realize that they are a trash individual who is going to leave me because of this factor or, or whatever the case may be so like just yeah like, i mean i I think so that wasn't my my full experiences I would actually I experimented honestly with that so there were times where I would tell a guy before I would say hi there were times in which I would try to get to know him and then tell him and I had mixed responses with both instances mm. and I feel yes I did I had mixed responses with both and so uh, a, major, a decent amount of time when I would tell a guy in the beginning, it would go straight to sex because okay. that's what they would see is the main difference would be, all right, sex. So let's, let's talk sexual. And I'm not someone who likes to talk sexual to strangers. I just don't. That's my thing. Like, even if we're trying to get to know each other in that way, like right. I would like to get to know you before talking about that. That's very intimate for me. It's very, it's just how I am. Same. And so I didn't appreciate that. And I feel like that would happen a lot of times. And then there would be, I'd be like, nope, I'm good. Thanks for letting me know, whatever, but I'm cool. And I'd be like, okay. So it was easier in that aspect to not deal with that. But mm -hmm. then that was also harder in a sense because. I would have to either deal with him fetishizing me 
or um, me having to fight preconceived notions of who I am because he would associate me with whatever he thought trans individuals to be. He would, he would confuse me with that. And I would be like, I am my own person. And so it was like, I would have to fight that. And then, you know, I had mixed experiences though. Sometimes I did it in the beginning and there was like this respect or whatever. And then like, you know, that, and then there were also mixed experiences afterwards. So there were stories in which I didn't tell them for some time. And, you know, they also, you know, some of them rejected me and it was like, I would have to emotionally recover from that. But also me being sensitive and being a cancer and all of that stuff, even that initial rejection was something that I would have to emotionally recover from in a different way. Um, it was like, I would take it as an attack on me as a, as a person um, in a different way. I guess it's a little, a little difficult to explain. Oh, no. but I definitely get what you're saying because I, I, I still feel like I internalize things in that, in that way. Right. So it was like, either way, it was kind of like a juggle. So, you know, I'm not saying that the way that I explained that one story is the best way to go about it and you should do that. And I'm not saying that saying it in the beginning is always going to, always going to feel the best. I think dating and being trans is something that's complex and it's layered and there's a range of people out there in society that feel differently about it. So sometimes I would even like, you know, within like the first date or something of, you know, talking with a guy, I would try to, you know, sense where he's at without telling him like, hey, so I have a best friend that's a part of the LGBT community. What do you know about it? Or, you know, I would try to put it out there in different ways to kind of see how they would how they would take it and that also was a it was a juggle you know like sometimes they would be like oh yes I love the LGBT community and I'll be like great well I'm trans and they would be like well I'm a supporter but I don't want to involved with someone so it would, it would be and I'm just like well damn you know I'm, I'm trying to go about it the right way so I definitely don't want to say like this is a for sure way that you should do it or and it's going to be the best way even if you get hurt I mean Anyway, I feel like we're all different people and we all internalize things maybe, you know, differently. We might have some similarities, but for me, you know, I would go through periods where I would be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to tell every single guy that I'm trans right away. And then after so many times of either rejection or going straight to like a sexual thing and not, not being interested, I would be like, you know what, maybe I should just date and get to know someone and see how that goes. And I would do that for some time. And then if that didn't work out, I would go back and then I would be in a space where I don't want to talk to anybody. So for me personally, that's just kind of how it would go. So there would be periods in which I would tell guys right away. There'd be periods in which I wouldn't. There'd be periods in which I just wouldn't date and I would just focus on me. And I mean, all of those had their pros and their cons that I had to deal with myself and grow and learn. I feel like all of it was an experience for me to learn and take away from. So if someone were to ask me, the best way to go about dating um that would be my answer that it's hard and that i experimented with different with different ways but i always thought of safety first so if it were someone that i were talking to for a while and i told them a lot of times i wouldn't tell them in person because i didn't know how they would react so it would be through text or over Mm -hmm. the phone or something like that because 
or somewhere in public because I didn't want to be alone and be in a space where I could potentially be hurt or worse or you know that was and I think also I want to put out there that like that's what everyone keeps saying about trans women that are murdered is that they're deceiving and I want to put out there that um that's not the case a lot of these stories if you look into them the men were very aware of who the trans women were and their identities and had sex and all of these kind of things and were still murdered due to society looking in on that situation and telling that man that he's less than and so i think it doesn't have to do with with deceiving or deception because so many times that's the narrative like oh well they they had it coming i've heard that from people outside of the community i've heard that from people within the community and it's something that really bothers me because there's nothing deceiving about anything that i've done mm -hmm. I, I love that <clears throat> i'm sorry i'm just like because when you it's one thing to like go through your own truth but like it's another thing to hear um somebody else's and um I think that a lot of people get um, wrapped into the idea that we're just trying to trick people, but I think a lot of it is about safety and people don't understand how unsafe it is. Even when I am online dating and um, I still hit guys with the, you know, I'm, I'm still very much so the, let me rip the bandaid off quickly. Um, and if they come at me with some sex crap, then, you know, I block them. Um, and if not, then, you know, we, we have a conversation until I filter whether or not I want to continue. Um, but what's so alarming to me and what's funny is that I always have a couple of those guys that will sit back and say something like, you know, like, why do you feel the need to tell me what that? Or, 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 you know, like, I'll say, like, I'm trans, and they will be like, and, you know, like, what does that matter? I said that you were beautiful. And I have to constantly explain to them, like, well, it's not for you. It's it's for my safety. It's for, for me. Um, and I love it. I learned um, when I was facilitating and just like teaching girls safety around internet dating is that a lot of men would, you know, meet girls on these dating sites and lure them to places and have sex with them and then murder them or harm them. And there would be no, um, no recollection of her admitting that, you know, she was trans and that he was okay with that. And so he would go to court and get off. Um, However, if the first thing that I say to you before I respond, before I say hello, before, you know, I say, oh, you know, you're handsome. If the first thing that I said to you is that I'm trans and then there's this long transcript that I can present in court after that, you cannot say that you didn't know. And I think that for me, when I started to see stories with girls and I would read the comments and people were like, oh, she tricked him. And then I would read the story and I would be like, ha, but she didn't because it clearly says here in the story that cops found text messages where, you know, he was well aware of her trans identity or, you know, they found, you know, um, messages on Facebook where she told him that, you know, she was trans. It might not have been on her profile, but she definitely told him. Um, those things are things that keep us safe. And I think that a lot of folks think that us not disclosing in like the, the moment, like that very second is tricking people, but it's also like, making that choice is, is a very scary choice depending on where you are and how you're doing it because you don't know how people are going to react these days um and so right, I, but you know. i mean just like you're saying with that i feel that like 
even if there is a long transcript of, of that being stated, there are still stories of girls that were murdered from men that they were sleeping with mm -hmm. and men that knew, you know what I mean? Even after having, you know, proof and transcripts and all of that stuff. So when I think of safety, um, I mean, that, that doesn't always equate to safety with me, honestly, because we've been proven that it's not. And I feel like this is a, a societal issue when we look at this stuff because this should not be the trans panic defense or whatever people want to say. Um, you know, this should not be something that makes that okay ever. Like that shouldn't, I, I don't know, for something I feel like the burden of having to, I don't know if burden's the right word I want to say, but I'm just, I'm just, speaking out right now I don't know if all the diction is correct right. or whatever but right. the the burden of of having to put yourself out there all the time and just prepare for rejection and prepare mm -hmm. for all of this stuff should not always be put on us in in the in the idea of safety um I think that doesn't always lead to safety anyways I mean so I think for me, it was me kind of coming to a realization that that was what I continued to see, regardless of if a woman had a really long transcript or not, there's a societal issue and a legal issue with how people are treated whenever they, whenever they murder one of us. And the silence from certain organizations and certain, you know, media that continue to not cover this stuff. And we have to get out of that space. I think that's the issue. I feel like whenever we're trying to do anything for um, social justice in any space, the burden shouldn't always be on the people that are dealing with that. It has to be also from other people who may have other privileges and have access to certain spaces to help get that out there. Like this whole defense thing of like, oh, well, you know, I didn't know. And that being the thing like, oh, well, let's go ahead and put blame on her. Let's put fault on her. No, you know, I mean, I know that you're not saying that, but I'm just no, speaking no. generally. That's, no, the, that's the issue that everyone is trying to put the blame back on us and put the work back on us in whatever way that they can to basically show us another way, like you're not valid, you're, your existence, you know, it doesn't matter. And it's just another way to put, just to try to spin it back on us. Happy. So, that's just kind of how I feel about it but like I said I, I had a range of experiences with dating that involved me telling them right away and not and I mean it was each time for me was scary because even if I told them right away if they felt upset that even they were just attracted to me even if I told them right away mm -hmm. I got threats and all of that stuff just from yep. that yep. first encounter yep you know mm. and so it's like there's not safety in that like if you're attracted to me and then I tell you and you're still upset and then there's still this idea that you want to hurt me if you ever see me and all of that kind of stuff like what there's nothing else that I can do in that instance like you know I did everything that people are saying I should do and still I was threatened and still I had to you know I have to be 
hyper vigilant of, you know, whenever I'm out and all of these other things. So mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a one answer to this that's gonna, you know, that's gonna fix, like for us to be the safest, we have to do it this way because that's not always the case, you know? I think we have to, I always brought distance, you know, that was something that I did to feel safe, but safety can mean different things for different people, right? So for me, safety meant not being in a space um, with this individual whenever I talked about them, whether I was talking to them for a long time or not, and them not having access to, you know, um, my locations on social media and all of that kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's very layered. I've had people that, you know, would, would see my social media from my dating profile and then go on there and, you know, like, would be really, really triggered just from the fact that they were attracted to me that's their own issue and they felt whoa well i didn't know the first the first time i looked at you so that's your fault even though i told you as soon as we started talking but mm. you decided to put that on me because you're afraid of someone else looking at you a different way because you were attracted to me and so now Ooh. you feel like you have to prove your manhood by i want to speak about that a little bit down. huh uh, i said i want to speak about that a little bit um because I'm coming from the other side of the coin, um, where like being um, like your sexual orientation being fluid uh, in women is not nearly as policed as it is in men. Because like cis men generally like really value how society views them, how their family views them, how their homeboys view them, and how being seen as anything other than as this cishet guy um, is seen as gay and you're a sissy and all of this stuff and like um, whereas with women it's not like that and so whenever I've had to um, come out uh, I've I've done both things I've uh, came out in the beginning I've waited until um, I've got to know the person first and then came out to them as trans but every single time i never once got rejected for um me coming out as a trans guy because like i said i kind of lived in the middle of nowhere so people didn't even know what that meant um and then like in general at least from my experience like a lot of cis women that were around me had already been playing into like their sexual orientation being more fluid and so they already had like experience with people who were not just cis men and so um and yeah oh, i forgot what i was going to go with that um mm, i lost oh. it i was really trying to hold on to it <laughs> that makes yeah. me think about that study that you found babe and how oh yeah so there was a study that Alex, well, I'll let you talk about it, Dave. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Uh, there's a study I found uh, for a workshop we did on trans relationships um, where it said, I wish I had the stats in front of me, but um, they found like 500 um, people and did a survey on whether thousand. they would, a thousand people, whether they would date. Um, <laughs> Uh, straight people, like lesbians, bisexual, uh, trans men, and trans women, um, and even people that were um, 
not as fluid would end up picking like trans men um and like the babe sum it up for me it's been a while okay so i remember (laughs) it was a thousand people that they had most of the people were cisgender but they also had oh what happened i don't know i made some loud noises um no but so there were a thousand people most of them were cisgender but they also had trans men, trans women, and um, gender non-conforming individuals, a part of it, but they were a small percentage. Um, and they basically asked each of the individuals how likely, or not how likely, but if you would date this person, this person, this person, this person. So they broke it up into categories. So they said um, only 12% of the people stated that they would date someone trans out of the entire study and majority of the people that did say that were already within the community but then when they even looked into that it was um majority of the people that said that they would date someone trans was trans men and not Mm. trans women and Mm -hmm. so that was really interesting um i forget when the study was done um it was in canada right yeah, it was in Canada, and I forget it wasn't it wasn't super super long ago because there's not a lot of um, research lot of data on trans relationships. There, yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of data that's out there, and so that was something that we found. I want to say maybe 2015 or so, but I could be yeah. wrong. Um, but so I mean, even like seeing that, I feel like there, you know it's just very interesting and I think that just stays on the part like the other day I sat on the panel and this trans man was talking about how his dating experience he was never rejected except for one time and he was able to experience like you know he never really experienced that so he was talking about like how you know like yeah sure there's there's rejection for trans men but it's a lot less likely right right and right. so even like even, even talking about talking safety about dating, like separately there's it's it's different for both of us there's different things that we there's different ways that you know there's different viewpoints of how society sees us different perspectives all of that but go ahead babe what are you saying oh i said even like in regards to safety i never really uh thought about it as much because like i lived in a small town and so like when i was like trying to online date it's like I, I was really only looking at a 35 mile radius and most people knew who I was already and they knew that I was trans already so me having to disclose my trans status I guess um wasn't it didn't happen as often and even when it did happen it was just like oh okay what does that mean like tell me like tell me what that means and so then I'm having to do trans 101 but it's um even then, like, it wasn't, like, instant rejection. Like, I, I can't even think of a single time that I was instantly rejected for um, telling someone that I was trans. Um, yeah, it's just a crazy, like, difference in um, our experiences that I hadn't really realized because before Jessica, um, I didn't really have a whole lot of friends that were trans women. Like, I didn't really have that many friends that were trans in general. But the experiences that I saw online were similar to mine because I found a brotherhood of trans men online. And so everybody was like, oh, yeah, I've got this girlfriend. I've got a girlfriend, too. My girlfriend's cis. Like, everybody had, like, cis partners, but I hadn't really seen, like, a trans man who was dating, like, another trans man or another trans woman. Um, 
until BPAC really. Um, so yeah, I had no idea that there's like this other side of the coin and like even just like thinking about safety and like uh, how violent cis men can be, especially um, because they're worried about what everyone else thinks of them uh, and how it looks when you're walking down the street and just like, yeah, I've never thought about it until Jessica was sharing her experiences with me of how dating had gone. So uh, I think that my question through all of this is that um, how I, I think, and I don't want to make this a one-sided question because I think that, you know, that both of you need support, but with, you know, in light of the last 15 minutes or so that we've been talking, Alex, what do you, what are you doing as Jessica's partner to like help her through you know, some of the, the transphobia that she's facing on a regular basis or might be facing or when it happens, like, how do you all hold each other up? But since we know and since we've all just stated that, like, there's a difference in, in experience with trans women, how are you, you know, manifesting peace for her on days that are a little bit harder than the others? Uh, I've realized that, like, safety is always number one, um, just making sure that she's safe. So uh, when we were still on distance, that was a little bit harder, but just like showing my presence through social media, because it was normally like hateful comments that were happening. Um, so just showing my support as much as possible, shutting down people that had any type of anything to say about her being trans or whatever it was. Um, but especially now that we are living together and I'm here in person, just making sure that like nobody knows our location like that. like. They know we're in Houston, but like Houston's got like 2.5 million people. Um, but just like making sure that she's always safe. Um, so like when we're out in public, just like making sure that I'm aware of our surroundings and that like I'm not getting too comfortable. Because um, when I'm by myself, like I don't really worry about people knowing if I'm trans or not because I don't think about I don't think about that anymore. But um, like when we are together, like if people know us, especially because of our social media presence and recognize us because we're both together, like anything can happen. People like people are so much more violent towards trans women than they are trans men. So when we are together, I'm constantly thinking about that. Um, are we safe? Like where's the closest exit? Like I need to make sure Jessica makes it out uh, if something were to happen. Um, so just like putting safety as the number one priority like we both we need each other we need each other as 100 percent ourselves not missing limbs because somebody crazy was worried about their fragile masculinity and what people thought um yeah especially when we're going out just safety and and jessica how do you how do you reciprocate that in, in ways when you feel like it's necessary I think, um, like you were saying, publicly, a lot of, we haven't necessarily been in in any specific instances at this point that may have caused him, like any transphobic stuff or made him feel, um, feel a certain type of way. But, you know, on more of like a personal level, dealing with, um, you know, earlier he mentioned like, not really having a lot of uh, family support and so I know whenever he's going through a hard time with like that stuff um, I always try to 
I'm very domesticated now. I don't know if you see my Instagram and <laughs> my Facebook stories, but she's always in the kitchen. Yeah, but so I try to, um, you know, I try to show it in like different ways that like I appreciate him and that he's loved and that he's cared for, he's cared for and um, that he's valid. And, you know, sometimes, some days we both just have our days that are just harder than others, just with like life and different things that are going on. And so um, I think that's allowing each other to have our space if we need it. I mean, just being open and sitting and listening, if that's what we need, you know, I just try to, I try to be very intentional with like asking how I can help. What do you need? What can I do for you? And sometimes I just try to do things that, um, even if he's not asking for it, like if I know he's had a long day and, you know, he's stressed about some, some things that happened or someone at work, like I'll try to, you know, come home earlier from work if I can and cook or, you know, just do little things to like show him that I care and that he has like a, um, a, a loving home to come home to at the end of the day, even if he might not get that from another place that he wants it, like he gets that here. I think uh, what's helped, mm -hmm. oh, sorry, <laughs> real quick, uh, was uh, Male I'm normally, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I am really bad at um, holding myself accountable when it comes to like taking my shot on time, um, mm. because yeah, <laughs> I didn't need that, babe, uh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I used to be <laughs> bi-weekly, um, but I was experiencing a lot, a lot of the highs and the lows um because testosterone is so strong Ooh. um like when you first <laughs> take the shot <laughs> when you first take the shot like you're like riding this high for a few days but then like towards the end uh like the end of that second week you're just like so low and then like I was experiencing like feelings of depression again uh so I switched to weekly shots but I still have this needle phobia um so having to do it every single Tuesday like sometimes it doesn't happen on Tuesday sometimes it happens on Thursday or Friday or sometimes I just skip the week altogether but being with Jessica, she has helped me be more accountable because it does affect my emotions and my irritability when I am late. Um, and recently, Jessica, <laughs> Jessica has also switched to shots. Um, so she chose Tuesdays as well. So this past Tuesday, um, she was getting her stuff together because she doesn't have a needle phobia. She's like, yeah, 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 it's shot day. Let's go. Um, so <laughs> it's not TV. that I like enjoy them but it's like I mean I found like a sweet spot and I try not to because if you get too anxious and overthink it then of course it's going to be harder so you just gotta yes. do it I have you a lot of anxiety. all the time it's okay yeah I have a lot of anxiety so uh it's helped this past Tuesday because we paused the TV and she got her shot stuff together and I was like okay I'll go get my shot stuff and then I was like okay let's do it at the same time so I don't chicken out and get sweaty palms and overthink it and so she counted down and we did our shot at the same time y'all are just too cute I can't I was like doing <laughs> shots you know what like the only shots I plan on doing it was my partner are like bourbon I don't know like something. <laughs> uh, that is that is just so cute um so I guess in my last set of questions it's gonna be what what would you recommend to the folks who are out there that are thinking about this like 
there's two beautiful trans people that are falling for one another and they think that it's weird because society has told them to think that it's weird and you know they're not really quite sure or there's you know somebody who's out there that wants to express their feelings for their trans friend um and they're just really awkward about it. like what what are your what is your advice for those people i would say keep an open mind for sure um because i'm like thinking back to like 15 years ago like when i heard of trans people like um what my preconceived notions were like i never thought even though i i technically had feelings of being trans myself i didn't know what that looks like and the media represent representation was all the way off and skewed and just like seeing comedians make trans people the butt of the jokes like i never thought that i would be a part of this community much less um dating someone who is uh, who is also a part of the community so if i had limited myself and like hopped out of the box of gender norms coming out as trans and then hopping in another box of okay i can only date cis people then i would still be looking for love i'd still be looking for my forever someone and missed out on my opportunity which is jessica um if i kept up that mentality of oh i have to settle down with a cis person because that's what society's going to view as like i'm a 100 percent man because i found a cis person that accepts me no matter what um oh that was something i wanted to talk about earlier real quick um that previous and all of my previous relationships like whether it got to a point where we were actually dating or it just stayed like texting i always always felt like um i was like less than like they were accepting me and i should be grateful for that because at least they are still interested in me because uh even though i'm trans like that even though part um mm. Whereas with Jessica, it's like, there is no even though, because we're both trans, we're both on the same level, we both know what that means. Um, and so that has like, completely broken down, like, all of my walls that I had up, like, if I have to talk, if, if I want to talk about like phantom period cramps, I could talk about that with her and not feel like she thinks that I'm a woman now type thing. Uh, just because I haven't had my hysterectomy yet. So just even little gotcha. things like that um are just super validating to my existence and i'm constantly uh validating hers that she's a woman no matter what to me because she's checked off all the boxes that i was looking for and then some that i wasn't even looking for <laughs> yes oh, well god damn let's be honest just keep it real <laughs> uh, but yeah just not limiting yourself like you are in charge of your own happiness and like if you're constantly worried about what your family and your friends are thinking of you like if i still have that mentality i would have never transitioned like i took a chance on losing my family i know that sounds so bad but um at the point where i was i was in college and i went away for college so i was already like on fringes with them and then became because i became friends with so many people in the community and then i started doing drag shows like my family was pushing themselves further and further away from me because they already felt like they lost me. And so um, when I finally met my first trans friend and then ended up seeing a gender therapist and then coming out as trans, blah, 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 um, that was kind of like the final straw for them. So I really didn't have anything else to lose. Um, 
And so I just started thinking about me. That sounds kind of selfish, but for my entire life, I was catering to what my family thought of me, like having to be the perfect daughter and like blah, 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 instead of thinking about my own personal happiness. And so me transitioning was me choosing my happiness. And then me finding Jessica is just like even more affirming because I'm 100% happy. She completes me. Oh, baby. I'm never having you guys on the show ever again. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess just to piggyback off of that, I love that you brought it because we've had that conversation as well before about like feeling like you're entering a relationship as a burden. So now it's like yeah, we're putting all, yeah, we're putting all of everything that we have to do with onto someone else and like, you know, having that in your mind, like, I've seen it, and I've also been a part of it before, where I've allowed myself to be in spaces where I settled for less than I felt like I deserved, because I felt like I brought so many burdens from society, and from, you know, blah, blah, like, so much stuff that comes with my identity, and I would view that, and when I would enter dating, or enter a relationship, like, wow, like, you know what, I just need to settle for whatever they're giving me, you know, at the time. So it was like, I've grown out of that, but I continue to see um, individuals who, who do that, who just get in relationships just to, to try to make it look like, all right, well, this is what society expects out of me and all of this stuff. But babe, you said something about, you know, feeling selfish to think about you. And I don't think that I feel like you do so much for, for the community and for the world and you help so many people. And I think for us to be able to do that, we have to pour in our own cup before we can pour into others. So you have to be your best self to be able to help people the best way that you can. And that's just where it's at. So that's my take on that. And then like, if there's someone out there who, you know, is starting to talk to someone who's trans and it's their first time and they're having you know, feeling, feeling nervous or, you know, whatever, all of these feelings, like I'll say that it's normal, but don't let that hold you back because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you're allowing other people to shape how you're living your life, then you're, you're not living your best life. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a part of us being trans. We decided to not allow other people to, to shape how we live our lives. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's this kind of pressure that we even get after transitioning. Like you have to, you have to look this way. You have to be this way. You have to be with this person. Like there's all of these added pressures. Like, all right, now that you're living for yourself, you can still live for yourself, but you got to live for yourself in this box. And like, that's not the case. The more that I've been in spaces where people are living outside of these heterosis, normal Spaces and ideas, ideations, they are striving and they're, they're finding happiness and they're creating their own pathways. And that is so inspirational to me because mm-hmm. I used to feel that I had to strive to fit a cis person's box and I had to strive to And my idea living in the South and it being so conservative in so many spaces, I had to feel almost like I had to reach that impossible box Um, and unhappy box, 
you know, I felt like I had to go over there and live life and still another way. So it was like, I finally started living for myself, but then I'm still striving for what other people think I should do. And like, we need to not do that. So if there's someone out there that makes you feel good and makes you feel happy and are checking off all of these things and you're concerned about how other people are going to feel about you, it's easier said than done, but just try to remember to not think about them because at the end of the day, there's people that are not going to like you regardless of how you live your life. Like whatever you do, whoever you think the best, whoever you think the best person is out there in the world, the best celebrity or whoever you look up to, there's people out there that do not like them just because they don't have to do anything. They look for reasons to not like them. So, I mean, try not to let that hold you back because people, there's going to be people that want to hold you back and that are not going to want to see you succeed and that are not going to want to see you happy. And they're going to try to do everything in their power to hold you back. But taking back the power in the narrative of your story and of your journey is key. I think like having a um, open conversation with whoever you're talking to, your partner, whoever, um, that you want to be with is the most important, like one of the most important parts, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's you and that person. So if you're having any type of insecurities about sex or just life or your transition or surgeries, whatever's going on in your life, your family, then talking to that person that you want to spend your life with potentially um, is the best thing that you could do. Like don't go to social media and like try to look for validations from your friends because they're going to have a different viewpoint outside looking in. But at the end end of the day, it's about your own personal happiness and your happiness with that person. So that's the person that you should go to. I am, I am so full by you guys and I'm hoping that the audience and the listeners are full by you guys. And I want to thank you all for coming on and giving us truth and speaking truth to power and giving us love and making us feel all jealous that we ain't got nobody because we all Um, and I want you to give the folks your social media and where they can find y'all cute selves. Go ahead, Jessica. So I am Jessica Zyri, and so you can find me on Facebook with that. My last, my last name is spelled Z-Y-R-I-E. And on Twitter, Instagram, you can find me at the Jessica Zyri, T-H-E. J E S S I C K Z Y. Wait. Well, babe, oh, that's my name. Babe. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I was like, girl, cut that out, girl. Cut that out. Hold on. Cut that out. Okay. I'm just my name. Um, okay, so on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at the Jessica Zyri. So T H E J E S S I C A and then Z Y R I E. Boom. All right, and then mine, uh, it's the same handle for everything. Um, Alex Lane Miller, A-L-E-X-L-E-N-E, my middle name, Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. That's Facebook. Twitter, I just made a Twitter, so that one's not as popping. But uh, Instagram is where it's at, at Alex Lane Miller. (laughs) Uh, YouTube channel coming soon. Shameless plug. (laughs) 
y'all plug that. Look here, I'm I'm here to support whatever it is that y'all have going on. Y'all know that I love y'all um, individually and together. Um, but please don't ever become individuals um, oh, unless no. it's necessary for your mental health. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, because sometimes that's that's a thing. You know, you gotta allow people. You know, we'd be wanting mm-hmm. stuff, but we don't be knowing what be happening internally and all that good jazz. So, you know, right. as long as it's you know, conducive for your mental health, then please don't yeah. leave us. Um, but <laughs> like I say this time and every time, you guys, peace, love, and hope. I am going to, you know, be out of here with my guests because they done got me all in my feelings about not having somebody. So I'm going to talk uh, to y'all next week on the next uh, episode of <laughs> Can We Talk with Hope to Self. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.